How's it going, everyone? My name is Adam, and you're listening to the West Coast Bible Teacher. And this is the show where we are teaching the Word of God, one podcast at a time. And it's time for another shorter Bible study. Now, this one may not be 10 to 15 minutes, as they usually are. It might be a little bit longer today. Um, But for those of you who are new, these are shorter studies that we do each week on Wednesdays. And they serve as sort of a supplement to our longer verse-by-verse expository studies on Fridays. And this week, I'm starting what will be a two-to-three-part study, focusing on a particular topic, a very interesting subject, one that I've observed many people discussing over the past number of years, especially on internet boards and forums and so forth. It's the subject of narcissists and dealing with narcissists. I hear so much about this these days. Within the psychological community, they've come up with a diagnosis called NPD, Narcissist Personality Disorder. And if you look the subject up on internet forums, such as Reddit and whatnot, you'll read many interesting accounts of people who have dealt with or have been uh, victims of what is deemed narcissistic abuse, meaning that a narcissistic person within their life has put them through a lot of pain. There could be a parent that raised them, or maybe a spouse, a sibling perhaps. And there is a psychological blueprint that they've come up with for how to identify people who have this type of psychological makeup, this narcissistic condition. Narcissists are known to be people who cannot take any constructive criticism, any type of feedback or criticism. You know, the narcissist will always take offense to this. Narcissists also are known for being bullies, in many ways. A narcissist within the workplace, for instance, will often belittle or put down or be hypercritical of a coworker that they're working with. You see, narcissists are often very insecure and jealous people, and therefore they're looking to put down others in order to elevate themselves and make themselves feel better. Narcissists are people who are known for having a lack of empathy. And this is actually something that many modern psychological experts will note when elaborating on these types of people. The narcissist is so fixated upon themselves and concerned about their well-being to where they develop a complete lack of interest or concern in the well-being of others even those who are considered to be their loved ones or their family members, you know. Narcissistic people are known to gaslight, meaning most of the time, if the narcissist is confronted by someone, a person who is maybe calling them out for their bad or selfish behavior, the narcissist will do everything they possibly can to not only deny the person's accusation against them, but will also try to paint that person who is confronting them to be the bad guy, to be the one who has the problem instead of them. 
because they're perfect, you know, in their eyes. Now, again, this is an interesting subject that I've researched and studied over the past number of years. Not just because I came across it on the internet, but also because I've actually come in contact with these types of people in my life. And it's fascinating, I can tell you firsthand, that much of what the psychological community says regarding the common behavioral patterns of the narcissist is very accurate. And this is coming from someone who, uh, honestly, is not really the biggest fan of modern psychology. But I have been up close to these types of people, and the type of behavioral patterns that they demonstrate are certainly unsettling, and depending upon the narcissist, deeply disturbing. Alright, so maybe by now some of my regular listeners are... Uh, thinking to themselves, Okay, Adam, what's the point? You know, why are you going off on this rabbit trail concerning this psychological disorder? Or diagnosis, whatever it is, Adam, you know. What's the point? I came here to listen to a Bible study, not a talk on psychology. Well, back when I spent time researching the subject, my heart started to really break when I read of the many testimonies of people whose lives have been torn apart or severely impacted by these types of narcissistic individuals. I've read accounts written by both Christian and non-Christian people regarding this issue. And it's very sad, the things that I've read. But what's fascinating, and this is what I've been building up to, Within the book of Proverbs, we get descriptions of people who very much appear to line up with the descriptions that modern psychologists use when describing narcissists. Only within the book of Proverbs, these people are not called narcissists. They're called fools. And a few years ago, when I was really studying out and researching the subject of narcissism, I also happened to be reading through the book of Proverbs in my personal Bible study time. And I was blown away at how the details that are given within Proverbs describing those who are fools very much parallel with what modern psychology deems to be narcissism or narcissistic people. So within the 21st century, we have modern psychologists talking lots about narcissism and narcissistic people, you know, these people that you'll occasionally have to deal with. And these psychologists and all these experts are talking about the subject as if this is a new phenomena or discovery. As if this is new information. <laughs> Nothing is new under the sun. The Bible has warned us about these types of people all along. In doing research on this subject, it appears to me that narcissists are people who are holding on to multiple different types of sin, such as anger, bitterness, jealousy, unforgiveness, and these types of things. But within all that, there is another powerful underlying sin 
that the narcissist is holding on to. And that is the sin of pride. And it is amazing just how powerful the sin of pride is. For the sin of pride has driven many narcissistic people to self-destruction. I've read numerous accounts of narcissistic individuals, and many of them involve the great self-destruction that these people have brought upon themselves. You see, Proverbs 16.18 tells us, Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When the stronghold of pride has wrapped itself around you, you become a blind person. Your pride is blinding you. That's why you can't see what's in front of you, you know. (laughs) You can't see that you're about to walk right into a deep pit. You're about to fall in. But you can't see because you've been blinded by your pride. Therefore, people with this narcissistic condition consistently make foolish decisions. And that is where we pick it up today. We'll be reading through Proverbs chapter 26, which describes the one who is a fool. And it gives information as to how we as believers should deal with and communicate with those who the scriptures deem as fools. Again, I see a very clear connection with those who are described here as fools to that of the narcissists which are talked about a lot lately within popular culture and modern psychology. So if you're dealing with a narcissist at work, at your job, listen closely to what we're about to get into. If you maybe have a a family member who's a narcissist, this study might serve as a good and even, uh, well, it might give you practical advice as to how to deal with this family member, with this person. Or if you ever come in contact one day with a narcissistic person, perhaps then you'll be better equipped to deal with such people because of what you learn here in Proverbs 26. Now, this is certainly not a complete guide or formula for dealing with such individuals, but I do think we can at least get some good advice here. And this is part one of our two to three part study, depending on how this goes, um, and how to deal with narcissists. So we're looking at Proverbs 26 today, and today we'll be covering the first six verses of the chapter. And I'm reading from the NIV. Verse one tells us, like snow in summer or rain in harvest, honor is not fitting for a fool. The principle that we get here is repeated later in verse 8. Verse 8 tells us, like tying a stone in a sling is the giving of honor to a fool. Foolish people are incredibly self-centered. They're on a path of self-destruction because all that they care about is feeding their fleshly desires. Therefore, honor is not fitting for a fool. Meaning, you don't want to give a foolish person any type of honor. Whether it's elevating him or her to a position of authority, or constantly showering the person with compliments or affirmation. Yes, the scriptures tell us to be loving, 
and to love those who persecute you. However, there are different ways of showing a person love, and you got to be wise, especially with one who is a fool. It's not wise to give lots of honor to such an individual, because all it will do is fuel and enable their already bad behavior. If you give a foolish person honor, and reverence, and affirmation. Then you are essentially telling that person that what they're doing and the way they're conducting themselves is a okay, and therefore they will continue to engage in their bad behavior and conduct, and in the process they will reap more destruction upon their lives and the lives of others. This is a mistake that many make, who are in romantic relationships with narcissistic people. A husband has a narcissistic personality, and this husband will oftentimes be very verbally and emotionally abusive to his great love, to his wife. And the wife will often not know how to respond to this, and she may think that she needs to show the husband more love, and give him more compliments, and apologize to him all the time, even if she didn't even do anything wrong. And she's trying to butter him up, you see, thinking that this will cause him to change his character. But in reality, she's only giving fuel to his narcissistic tendencies. You see, he enjoys that affirmation. He likes it when she's constantly apologizing to him, and so forth, because then he thinks, well, yeah, you know, she should apologize. She's wrong, and I'm right. You see, the fool will keep on believing his lies when you elevate him, when you give him honor in various respects. What the narcissistic person needs is not affirmation; it's discipline, and that is what we read in verse three. We're actually going to skip verse two, and we'll go to verse three. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the backs of fools. Just as a whip for an animal, will for the most part keep the animal in control and in check. So will strong discipline for those who are foolish in this life. Again, you can't honor fools or try to butter them up or give them affirmation. For they will take your affirmation and simply feed off of it. This is where we get into the topic of narcissistic supply. People who write about narcissism will talk about this. Narcissistic supply is the drug that they say keeps many of these types of people going. Narcissists love attention. They love getting praise, affirmation. Compliments. They're so des- desperate to satisfy the empty void that is built within them. Therefore, if you try to butter them up, they'll only take that as more narcissistic supply. No, no, we cannot give honor to a fool, for that will further strengthen their pride. But rather, a rod is more fitting for a fool. Just as animals are often difficult to control, and therefore need to be reprimanded with force, 
The foolish person is often difficult to keep under control, and therefore heavy discipline often needs to be issued out to the foolish man or woman. Because if you don't do what you got to do to keep a foolish person under control, much like an animal, they'll go on to wreak lots of havoc and destruction. This is an important point for you to keep in mind, especially if you're an employer. Someone who has this narcissistic and foolish spirit will often wreak lots of havoc in the workplace, and we'll actually get more into that、uh, next week. But continuing on, verses four through five give us practical advice for when we're engaging in confrontations or arguments with a narcissistic individual, and many will tell you that it is a very Painful and difficult experience, arguing with someone who is a narcissist. But verses four through five are interesting. They tell us, "Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him." Okay, but then in verse five it says, "Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes." Now wait a minute. At first glance, it may appear as if we have two contradictory statements. Verse four tells us, "Don't answer a fool according to his folly." But then in verse five, it says, "Answer a fool according to his folly." We got to look at the whole context of what these verses are saying. In verse four, it says, "Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him." This is referring to when you're conversing with a fool, and you start talking to them in pretty much the same way that they're talking to you, with the same type of anger and hostility. This is very helpful advice for when you have to confront people who have this narcissistic personality. Let's say you have a coworker at work who is doing nothing but making rude comments to you and belittling you, and this is starting to affect your job performance. You know that after a while, though you've done what you could to be patient with the person. You're gonna have to confront them, but when you do so, you gotta be wise. Narcissistic people see every argument as a fight that they gotta win, so it's not gonna help your case at all if, when you confront the narcissist, you start speaking with the same type of hostility and anger that they've been speaking to you with. Because all that's going to do is result in a shouting match. And if this takes place at your job, what do you think's going to happen? This is just going to cause a big scene. You know, everyone's going to look over. Oh, what's going on? These two people are fighting, and both of you are going to get in trouble. It's not just going to be him or her, because both of you were speaking in hostility to each other. Right when you started to respond to them with anger and hatred, you immediately stooped down to their level, and your boss at your job finds out, you know, and、uh, 
And then he says, ah, you know, both of you are guilty. You're both fired or you're both in trouble, you know. Be wise when you confront a very foolish person. For everything you say to them will be used against you. If you respond in a hostile way towards them, they'll say, see, you're the one who has the problem, you know. They'll gaslight you. Don't give them the opportunity to gaslight. Don't answer a fool according to his folly. Man, this is important information. Because when you're dealing with a narcissistic person, oftentimes the way they're behaving towards you will make you mad. (laughs) And you might be tempted to really give it to them, you know, to really give them a piece of your mind. But doing so will often make your situation with the narcissist even worse. And we don't want that to happen. But then in verse 5, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Within its context, this passage is telling us that there is a time and a place to confront a person who is demonstrating bad behavior. Even though they aren't going to take it well at all when you confront them, there are times when you do have to confront a bad person and speak out about their behavior. Failure to do so will result in the narcissistic individual basking in his lies and self-deceit without receiving any pushback from anybody. The fool will be wise in his own eyes. And that is not a good thing. But again, we got to be discerning regarding when it's uh, appropriate to confront the narcissist and when it's not appropriate. And when we do confront foolish people, we got to be wise in what we say. We got to speak the truth, but in love. For we get another verse within Proverbs, and that is Proverbs 15.1. And it states, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. If you confront someone and get in their face and start yelling at them, What do you think is going to happen? It's going to turn into a shouting match. Now, if you confront them in a softer tone, that doesn't necessarily mean that an argument won't ensue or it won't get heated at all. It probably will. It probably will get heated to an extent, especially if you're dealing with a foolish, narcissistic person. However, it probably won't escalate to the point of destroying both your reputation and the reputation of the fool. Jesus was firm whenever he spoke out against the religious leaders. However, he never sinned in his anger. And he said some pretty intense things to the religious leaders. He called them vipers and everything. But yet he kept his composure to where he never lost control of his anger. So thus we see how these verses here, these two verses in Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5, are actually not contradicting each other, but rather they each speak to a particular context. Let me read an excerpt from Bruce K. Waltke's and Ivan D. Silva's commentary on Proverbs, which actually uh, was just published this year in 2021. 
But they summarized the structure of these two verses, writing the apparent contradiction between the admonitions "Do not answer fools" and "Answer fools" is resolved by their differing reasons. It is unfitting to answer fools in the same manner they speak in, impetuously, vindictively, harshly, or falsely. The instructor would thus fall under condemnation of fools. The wise overcome evil with good. Nevertheless, by their knowledge and understanding, the wise expose and rebut the content of what fools say. They do so for the good of fools; otherwise, they would become confirmed in their way of death. Both proverbs are absolutes and applicable at the same time. One must rebut the content of what the fool says, but never in the style of a fool. So there you go, and that is actually where we'll leave it off for today's shorter Bible study. Next Wednesday, we'll cover the next seven verses of Proverbs twenty-six, as we continue our study in how to deal with narcissistic people. So this has been the West Coast Bible Teacher. Everyone, God bless you, and I'll see you all on Friday for our study where we will actually be finishing the Book of Numbers.